Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Bob Stoffer in Ice District at Rogers Place, Edmonton and Colorado tonight. Great matchup. They've already had two terrific games this season. If the Oilers win, they're in the playoffs. Look, they got five games left in the regular season. They win one game, they're in the playoffs. Um, they win, what, two more games and they have uh, home ice for the opening round. And speaking of the opening round of the playoffs, there is availability right now uh, for individual game suite rentals for uh, the round one of the NHL playoffs. Uh, you can have up to 24 people in some of the suites, uh, and some of these come with food and uh, beverage packages as well. Works out to a real uh, solid price point per person. Visit OilersPremium.com for more information. Uh, there you have it. And uh, Away we go. Playoffs with fans. That's going to be the difference between this and the last couple of years. All right, we're going to head off to the River Creek Resort and Casino Hotline, and we welcome back to the show a guy that's in city right now, George LaRock, Montreal-based media personality, Edmonton sporting icon. George, how you doing? Bob, I'm awesome, and I'm just leaving Shaw Conference Center. I'm yep. there with uh, there's about 30, 40 uh, alumni hockey players that are here. We're here for the big, uh, the big tournament in the rec center all weekend, Saturday and Sunday, to raise money for the Alzheimer's Society. So it was awesome to see uh, to see Kevin Lowe, Maxi, uh, you know, Doug Gilmore, Shane Corson, all the big boys are here and stuff. So look forward to be playing another charitable uh, event uh, in the city of champions. And this is out at the Twilliger Rec Center, is it not? Yes, for Saturday and Sunday, man. So uh, you don't um, you don't have you don't have your house out there anymore, do you? No, no. I when I come, I just rent Airbnb every time I come to uh, every time I come to uh, to Edmonton. So since my kids are in Twilliger Town, I, I don't live too far from them. George, I gotta tell you something. You still did one of the craziest things ever back in the days of Total Sports. You'd come on during the summer, and we had this. When when you do prizing, and we don't do a lot of prizing on Oilers now, but when you do prizing, it's all got to go through a, a various department, and it's got to be taken care of. And you decided that you wanted to give away like signed Sidney Crosby autographed jerseys and stuff when you're with Pittsburgh. And you're like, well, they can just come to my house and get the yeah. jersey. I'm like, George, what the hell are you doing? You're an NHL player. You don't have people come to the house. And anyways, he ended up having, I'm like, George, this allow me to suggest to you, this is quite unconventional. So I remember you called me and said, hey, can, uh, it was on your show. You're coming to my house, too, and we're going to give away these jerseys to these folks that won them in the trivia contest. I'll never forget that. That was, uh, so I, 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 I recall your house quite well. You know why I did that, Bob? Is because I know if you remember, and, and I'm sure a lot of people in the city could tell you, could even text you guys that. In Halloween, people knew me because I used to give the king-size chocolate bars all the time. Yeah. And because of that, people would pass on just as where Josh Rock lived. If you guys go there, he's going to give you a king-size chocolate bar. So every Halloween, I would get like thousands of kids that they would come to get chocolate bar and a picture. So I figured... Since the entire city knew where I live, what's the point of not even telling people to come over? Everybody knew where I live. Like, what do I have to... Bob, I've always been a people person. Uh, you know, yes, we know I, that. I never, I, never, I never hide. When I got... You know, when I signed with the Coyotes, when the others didn't want to sign me, do you remember what I did? I went to the bounce 
and I signed autographs for 10 hours for people. I went in the morning, and I said I was going to sign, so there was going to be no one. And I signed for 10 hours, nonstop, no lunch break, nothing. I just signed and signed and signed. And the reason why it stopped is that at 6 o'clock at night, uh, James Stewart, that, that was working there, he's sure. like to me, like, George, we're going to stop doing publicity that you're there because it's never going to end. And then at 5 o'clock, they stopped. So finally, the lineup, other than getting bigger, it was getting smaller, and then at 6, it was done. But I think we could have done this for like 12 hours, man. It was insane. Yeah, you, George, you're easy. You're easy to get hold of. Everybody had your cell number. Everybody knew where you lived, and everybody has got your autograph at one time or another. I know I've got a couple of LaRock signed jerseys in the house as well right now from those days. Those were those were fun times. All right, on a, a more serious matter, uh, as a Montreal-based sport, personality as a kid that grew up and played in the Quebec Major Junior League. Could you uh, perhaps speak uh, to the passing of Guy Lafleur? I know you didn't play against him, but he was a very special figure in Montreal Canadiens lore, isn't he? Okay, so 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 everyone's going to understand what's going on right now in Montreal. Quebec is crying the loss of Guy Lafleur this morning. Uh, there was rumor in a couple months ago that we didn't know if he was going to make it through the, the new year, but we heard that he was a fighter to the, till the end, and it's only last week that he decided to be off medication to improve his quality of life because it was getting too hard. But, man, Guy Lafleur was amazing. Like, just so you guys know, there's not many players in the NHL that when they pick up the puck behind the net, the crowd in, in, in the forum, they stand on their feet, and you would hear a wave. You would hear the energy, how people would just react. It, it, it was insane. When it, it was such an icon. Everybody had number 10 in Montreal, and when he retired, everybody cried. Everybody cried because we, we knew that he had more in him, and then he came back. But Guy Lefleur was not just an electrifying, electrifying player. He was such a generous man. Um, that guy would sign autographs for anyone. You know where there's many stars players that not so available to everyone? Guy Lafleur was. And he didn't care if people were going to sell his stuff that he was going to get to sign. He signed for everyone. He was available for everyone. And today I was talking to Chris Nyland that was telling me about Guy Lafleur. And he used to tell me, Chris Nyland used to tell me how he hated Guy Lafleur when he was with Boston. And then when he went from Boston, he went to Montreal. He got to love him because Guy Lafleur is the first one that welcomed him to the team. And, uh, and Guy Lafleur was always helping him out to improve him as a hockey player. And he, and he told me that he, take, he became a better hockey, better hockey player because of Guy Lafleur. And on top of that, he even told me how tough Guy Lafleur was because back then when it was scarier to play in Boston and Philadelphia, Guy Lafleur, even though he was intimidated, he did his job. And he just jumped in there because that's the type of guy that he was. And he had full respect for him as when he was playing in Boston, he didn't. But, man, the story about him, there's so many of them. I spent so much time with the man, uh, Bob, uh, many uh, alumni game, many events. And it doesn't matter if you're an all-star, if you're someone that just everyday living. Um, he'll, he'll spend the same time with anyone. There's no status for him. He's so generous of his time. And, and, and he's just an awesome human being. And uh, because of all that, because we appreciate so much the person that he was, um, you know, it's a big loss because, you know, it got everyone by shock. We want legends to live forever. 
And even though he's gone, he's going to live forever in our heart. Yeah, absolutely. Well stated, George. And yeah, Guy Lafleur passing away today at the age of 70. George, I relate this. I'm in the wheelhouse where Guy Lafleur, like, that, he was my idol as a kid from the time that I was 10 until, uh, you know, 15. I mean, I was 10 and 76 when the Canadians knocked off the Flyers. I didn't like Philly. Uh, Philly, you know, Freddie Sherrill, the fog coached that team with intimidation and toughness, and they used to gang up on opposition players. And the Canadians were every bit as tough, but the Canadians had style, and they had panache, and I didn't maybe love the politics at the time sometimes of Rennie Levesque, but I loved the Canadians. You know, the Canadians, they were the team. There was an aura about the Montreal Canadiens. I I don't know if that aura is still there today because, you know, we haven't had a Canadian team win the Stanley Cup since the Montreal Canadiens won in 1993, but Guy Lafleur was part of that aura. You know what I mean? He was, he was, he was part of what made the Montreal Canadiens so special, George. No, he was, and you're so right about that. And, you know, people always talk about, you know, when you talk about legend, Montreal that played there, you know, we talk about Maurice Richard, Jean Beliveau, and Guy Lafleur is right up there. And and Zora about him is not just about it's him as a player, but, you know, when you talk about someone that speaks his mind, yes. Guy Lafleur, anytime you ask him a question, you did an interview, he was always authentic. Whatever he thought, he, would, he wasn't going to politics, he wanted to know what was wrong with the team. It's thought about stuff. People wanted to talk to him because you would get the real deal talking to him. And somebody as popular as he was, as an icon that he was, you would think sometimes that you would just say, you know, the easy thing because he's such an icon. Why? No. If my job was not playing good and the things that he didn't like, he would say it. If a player wasn't right, he would say it. And, you know, our teams don't always like when their most popular player, they, they address themselves uh, and, and sometimes the, the, it's negative, right? Yeah. But that's, that was Guy Lafleur. Guy Lafleur was like that. You know, you know what you were getting from him? An authentic man, and he was amazing, and we all loved him for that. All right, switching focus. The Canadians are kind of playing out the string, George, but the Edmonton Oilers, and you tell fans here all the time that's your favorite team because they drafted you and believed in you. George, the Edmonton Oilers are 9-1-1 in their last 11 games. They've won 15 of the last 20 games. Jay Woodcroft has an over 700 winning percentage, and Mike Smith has gone and found the fountain of youth. He's 9-0-1 with a 9.48 save percentage in his last 10 games. George, I know you're watching the Oilers play. What are your thoughts right now on the Edmonton Oilers? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited because, um, you know, every year I always hope that this team goes far, far, far. And, and we always talk about the same thing. That we all talk about goaltending. But now, uh, again, I'm glad that the goalies are doing better. But I hope that when it counts, we're gonna, we, we're gonna, they're going to be able to keep it up. Because, you know, the Oilers, just so everyone knows, okay, the fact that they're having success in regular season is normal. This team should be first in the division every year. Every year. You have the two best players in the NHL. There's no doubt. And then with Ironman and company and all these guys, you have the, you should cruise into the playoff easy. But because now Connor and Leon, they're in their prime, you can't have a career without winning the big trophy. This is the same thing as Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taze when they were together, Crosby and Malkin. Now this is their time. This is Leon and, and uh, Connor's time. To time to win the cup and to carry this, uh, like carry their team on the shoulder, and they do. They are, and you know, every year playoff time, we can't criticize them because they put points on the board, and it's always goaltending that is hurting them, that is hurting the team. But now that we see that, you know, they're kind of doing better now, Bob. Uh, 
I'm happy right now, but, you know, my hopes are, like, controlled because I'm not going to say that because of the way that they're playing right now in the playoff is going to be instant success because that's not what we've seen in the past because we've seen some stretch of these goalie doing good in regular season. But when playoff time came, it was another story. So I'm going to stay positive because I do hope the Oilers are going to win the Cup. But again, um, we'll see what's going to happen because uh, you know it's it, you know everybody wants hey, they, to win. They won't be they won't be the favorite. The team that they're playing tonight, Colorado, they could be the favorite. They yeah. got Darcy Kemper in that trade. These two teams, George, have played two great games. Edmonton and Colorado, both teams really can skate and get after it. But they've been surprisingly low scoring games. Yeah, no, but you know it, those are play, that's what you call playoff game. Playoff game are low scoring games. Because, you know, defensive defensive is what's going to help you win the game. And, and, yes, Colorado in the West, they're the favorite. And then in the East, it's like uh, Florida. But, again, when you look at all this, you know, it, everything happens. Everything's going to happen, you know, on the ice. And I think that the Oilers could, uh, they could surprise Colorado in a playoff. But the edge, the, it's so tight between both teams in terms of talent but that, it's going to be a net. And net, you know, this is what's going to make, make the difference. And if our goalie could be as hot as they are right now in the playoff, they're going to cruise by Colorado. George, you, you had, uh, you know, you, you played several playoff games for the uh, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, including 15 back in 05, 06, even in 2000, 2001, and 02, 03 against Dallas. Both those years, you guys went six games. I think that the last two years, there's a caveat in what occurred here, right? We had a play-in series in 2020, no fans. Last year, no fans in Canada for the games in Winnipeg and Edmonton. So I'm going to ask you, how much of a difference? Uh, because what ha- I, I think Oilers fans are, are knowledgeable, they're smart, but they go full-blown fandom come playoff time. They have a different level that they get to come playoff time, and I wonder how different it's going to The Oilers are going to make the playoffs. They just need to you know, uh, win one of their final five games here to get in the playoffs. How different do you think it's going to be with the fans if uh, you know when they have fans in the house for the games here at Rogers Place? You know, I've, I've always said it, and I'm going to say it again. There's no better fans in the NHL than the Edmonton Oilers. And the reason why I'm saying that is, uh, and, and again, we, like, I know everyone knows that in Canada, um, you know, Canada has the best fans, the best NHL fans, because it's our national sport. And this is, so what you do is you look throughout all the Canadian teams to see the fans that are the best. And, and, you know, in Toronto, it's all corporate people that are having suits and stuff. So they don't scream, they don't yell. They don't even show up to most of the game. And they see their empty even though it's sold out. In Montreal, same thing. You know, the fans are okay, they're good. But again, there's a lot of corporate seats in there and stuff. But in Edmonton, it's most of the fans that are there, a blue-collar worker painting their face in the playoff time. This fans as much energy as the player on the ice. I'm sure if you look at the heart rates of some of these fans screaming and stuff, it is amazing. The, 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 the shiver that we get listening to the fans before we step into the ice is unbelievable. And I remember in 2006, when we had this run, the dressing room was shaking so much. We, like, we were in a dressing room, and our mandate was simple. The first 10 minutes, we tried to take everyone ahead of us. That's all we wanted to do because every body check we did, the, fan, the fans would yell even louder. And then the, the, the visiting team was just like, let's just try to weather the stone for the first 10 minutes because that's how much energy this team gives. And right now with this team, come on, if the others could give some hope, a couple wins to show the team that now they're winning and they could go by round after round, 
the fans are just going to elevate this team into another level. It's going to be insane. You're going to be like you're going to be seeing a team that is going to be such wreck, wreck like a team that they won't. Nobody's going to be able to reckon with playing in in our in our barn in Edmonton. That is everyone's going to fly. Everybody's going to be physical, and Edmonton is going to be impossible to stop. And I can't wait to see that because it is the best atmosphere in the NHL. And uh, I know that with the fans, it's definitely going to give a boost to that team. And uh, I like the acquisition they did. Like a guy like Evander Kane, talk about physical play, physical play in a playoff. That those are the players that shines, right? Evander Kane is going to be able to give room to the to the star player comes playoff time because it's going to be more physical. And that's when projection like that's going to pay off. We knew Evander Kane was a point of game guy, but he didn't come to Edmonton because he wanted to do a point of game. He came because the others needs to win in the playoff, and you need player characters like this that when it's physical. That's when he could shine. You can't intimidate him, and he's going to give room to the star players. And that's why, like, it was good to get him because he has a match that could make a difference when playoff times come. George, I want to read this text just as we go. Mark in St. Albert says, I love listening to George speak. He's an absolutely first-class individual, and I'm glad that you have him as a semi-regular guest. That's from Mark in St. Albert. George, enjoy your time uh, with, uh, doing the event for the Alzheimer Group. That's fantastic. Thanks, bro. And I said I was going to see you on the ice. How come you're not playing? Uh, ever since I got knocked around back in 2008, nobody wanted to bid for me either, George. That was the other part of it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right. Very thanks, man. Take care. It might be because we got some games. I got a game tonight and a game Sunday in uh, Columbus. Uh, awesome. Awesome stuff. There you go. Uh, here's what we're going to do. Uh, we've run up against it. It is 151 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you on Oilers now. And I just want to pass along that uh, the Oilers have just put out that they've released some last-minute tickets for tonight's game, including seats in the Food Inclusive Sportsnet Club. Uh, you can uh, visit uh, Ticketmaster.com for more information. The Oilers and the Abs tonight should be an absolute kicker. We... We made an edit here. Uh, we're going to go to this day in Oilers history. It is presented by New West Travel. If you're looking for a great Oilers playoff road trip, register now at newwesttravel.com. We'll wait and see 100% who Edmonton ends up playing. We're going to go back not too far, 2017 on this date. Brendan Escott, what happened? Well, <laughs> this is how it sounded, Bob. Mark Latestu with the puck, turning it over to Coach Scherz, short-handed in front, reach side to save, made by Cam Talbot. Point-blank range on Yannick Hansen. He got it with a blocker, and then the rebound kind of rode up into McDavid's equipment. Luckily, he was skating by the net rather than in front of it. It's sitting to his right about 15 feet away from the net, but a shot was blocked, and the Oilers have a breakaway. It's Leon Dreisaitl down the middle. Re-shot score! Five-hole on Martin Jones, and Leon Dreisaitl's first goal of the postseason makes it 1-0 Edmonton in Game 6. Out to Paul Martin, drop the puck, and here's Slepyshev with a breakaway to make it 2-0. Slepyshev fires and scores! Anton Slepyshev puts the Oilers up by a deuce in Game 6. Banked off the glass, center ice, 10 seconds to go. Pavelski rushes in right side, tied up. The Oilers nudge it back to center. McDavid backhands it toward the empty net and scores! One second to play, and the Edmonton Oilers are on to round two. Jack was so understated with that call. <laughs> you 
think he was excited? The Oilers uh, winning game six in San Jose. The final score was 3-1. That is this day in Oilers history for New West Travel. Royal Pizza. Pizza passes so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 plus years for a menu and a list of their 15 Edmonton and area locations. Four in Calgary, one in Red Deer. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app. The uh, star for recommendation is the Mediterranean chicken. Here's what we got coming for you tonight. Reed Wilkins, Rob Brown, we Cam Boone and myself with the call of tonight's game. The Oilers and the Colorado Avalanche from Rogers Place Face-Off Show, 5.30 puck drop at 7 p.m. Jack Michaels, Louis DeBrusque, uh, Joaquin Gage, Gene Principe, and myself on the television side. Walk and myself will have the intermission uh, for you, uh, part of the intermission for you. We'll also have a Sunday broadcast. The Oilers will fly tomorrow uh, afternoon into Seabus to take on the Blue Jackets. That's a 2 p.m. puck drop. Is that that late? Thought it might have been a little bit earlier than that. Might want to check that. It is 11 a.m. I messed that. All right, 11 a.m. I was like, okay, she's two. Hey, let's have a wonderful, uh, fantastic Friday. The Edmonton Oilers and the Colorado Avalanche back at you tonight at 5.30. Up next, the Global News Weather Traffic Update with Eileen Bell, followed by Rob Breckenridge from 2 to 3, and then the 6.30 chat afternoons with Jalen and I will rejoin you at 5.30 tonight at Studio 99. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.